I'm Stephanie Cox, and this is Mobile Matters. Today, I'm joined by Dave Izbitsky. Dave is currently the chief evangelist for Alexa and Echo at Amazon. He's been a professional speaker, trainer, and evangelist for over two decades. He's taught full-day courses on many topics, including voice design, natural language understanding, mobile, and the cloud. He also helped launch numerous technology platforms and devices while at Microsoft and Amazon. In this episode, Dave and I talk a lot about what it was like to be the first employee in the skills marketing org at Amazon and helping to launch Alexa and 2014, how each tech wave we've seen is really just building upon a previous one, and why you should start thinking right now about brand guidelines for voice. And make sure you stick around to the end where I'll give my recap and top takeaways so that you can not only think about mobile differently, but implement it effectively. Welcome to the show, Dave. I always love to get started by asking, how did you get where you are today? So tell me about your role leading up to Amazon. (laughs) <laughs> no, no plan. No, like not on my own. Certainly it's gosh, you know, I just started out as a kid when I was younger. I just loved tech. Like I knew I wanted to do tech and I didn't know what kind of job that would even mean. And I've just been fortunate to be in the middle of these waves. So like when I graduated college, it was like, the internet and web pages and all of that, right? And I started, you know, I started coding as a little kid. So I was like, why don't I get a job coding HTML, whatever that is, right? And um, kind of did the whole dot-com thing. I did, that's where I got a lot of e-commerce experience. And uh, I uh, worked for a whole bunch of companies. Do I worked for a consulting agency uh, and, and did a whole bunch of different companies. So I got to see what big companies are like, what startups are like, and you know, what I wanted to do next. And then I did the whole corporate gig. I was in pharma for a while and, and uh, research and tech. I guess it's like, you can even say it was like early biotech days. And somewhere along the, the way, and I should have known this, right? Because I've always been this way, is I just realized I really love talking about it. And I love teaching people about it. And I never liked the fact that stuff came harder for other people. I wanted everybody to be as excited as I was. And so it was, oh gosh, uh, what year was it now? It's 2007. I want to say 2006, 2007. I saw this job tech evangelist at Microsoft, uh, applied for it, wound up getting it. And uh, it was, you know, basically community building. Back then it wasn't even like social media like now, right? In the beginning, it was like I was using Facebook to talk to people. I think I... I went on Twitter in 2008 is when I started using Twitter. Um, LinkedIn wasn't like it is today, you know. And but for me, I was I always was using the latest thing. Like even today, and my I have kids that are older. My oldest, she just turned 15, and she's always like, "Dad, you like know too much." Like I know which app she's using. I know how she tries to get around things, and because it just I can say the same thing. <laughs> it's yeah. It's like. So she doesn't even bother. She's just like, whatevs. But, it, you know, and so it's always been that ride. And I've been really fortunate to work with these incredible companies. I've always been East Coast, by the way. I was born and raised in Jersey. Uh, I'm outside Philadelphia now, but I travel all over and do a lot of stuff online. Uh, so I've worked for these amazing Seattle companies, you know, Microsoft for seven years. I ended there as the chief evangelist of gaming, right? Whatever that meant, which meant basically I, I got to say, work- That sounds like a cool job. Oh, it was super cool. Like I got to work on the Xbox team for a while and helped launch the Kinect. And I got to work with a bunch of indie devs and just, and I've always been, I'm, I'm a lifelong gamer. Like I can go on and on for hours of, of stuff. I, I, I waste too much time, but I love it. It's just part of me. And uh, then Amazon, you know, I started 2013 and it was a role in 
starting uh, the App Store because there was the Kindle tablets at the time and the Kindle Fire tablets were going to come out. And uh, now they're just Fire tablets, right? And uh, it was, hey, we want to make this App Store. That was one of the things I was helping with at Microsoft across Windows Phone, Windows Store. And uh, so I got to do that and then got to dive into Android and uh, just incredible ride there and went helped launch uh, Fire TV and did, did Fire Phone. I still have my Fire Phone here on my desk. I love it. And then uh, it was 2014, and they were like, hey, Dave, why don't you check this thing out? So now, it wasn't called what, it, what she's called today. Uh, it was just, the, and it was with the one speaker. And uh, I remember using that and being like, wow, like there's something to this because I started talking to Alexa every day, even then. Uh, so I happened to be employee one uh, in the skills marketing org in uh, 2014 and then got to announce publicly in 2015 our first kind of NDA for people if they wanted to extend functionality it was the the echo app SDK <laughs> and uh, oh god like I was literally sending like emails as like how you would get in and just trying to oh, figure wow. out yeah like what does this even mean and uh back then everything was IOT right that was like the buzzword so is it is it IOT is it a speaker and, and so it was a learning journey for me too like I started learning about what is ambient computing and AI and machine learning and NLU and ASR and all these things, uh, which I love. I just love learning new stuff. And so that has been an incredible ride. And we launched that same year, we launched our first uh, APIs. So we had the Alexa skills kit to have conversations with Alexa and build these skills. And then we had the Alexa voice service where you can put Alexa into things. And uh, so I've just been part of that ride. And, uh, you know, Amazon, this is one of the things I really love about it. And it depends on the type you are. I am the type, I love Scrappy. And so Amazon is the way I tell people, it's like a lot of these little startups um, just happens to be funded by this rich VC called Amazon.com, right? So it's like, I don't get the startup experience of like worrying too much about the money, but it's the whole experience of like nothing you're figuring it out, right? Like there's no processes in place. And so like in the beginning, I was the person that was going around doing hackathons with devs. Uh, and then I was going to companies and, and talking to execs. Like it was just doing everything, right? You know, there was no marketing, BDM, the developer evangelist. And I loved it. And I, uh, it's just, it was such a thrill ride. And then now we have, you know, thousands of people working in the org across all sorts of different industries. And so a lot of what I do today is talking with brands uh, about what voice means and what they need to be thinking about. It's a lot of like keynotes. You'll see um, it's a lot of social media talking online. I have a podcast. Uh, so going on podcasts like education and then uh, incubation into new areas. So you'll see me doing stuff with like Alexa for business and auto when we just had uh, HIPAA and other areas uh, where we may see voice uh, starting to take off as well. So it's one of those jobs where I'm fortunate enough where uh, just right place, right time. I totally did not plan it. And I just love, I truly do love what I do every day. And um, I have that cool thing where like, I'm not selling anything. I'm just helping people out. <laughs> and that, the biggest downside with that is like, you have to be careful not to spread yourself too thin, right? Because otherwise you'll be on calls all day long, helping people build PLCs and things like that. And so that's kind of it in a nutshell. That's how I got started out. So you've seen, it sounds like from your career, a ton of technology change happen. What has been, you know, one or two things that you've seen happen in the last, let's say, decade to 15 years that you think has really been the biggest 
transformative piece of technology that's impacting how we think about engaging with consumers, how brands market, all of that stuff. It's so funny. It's even, even when I was just starting out, I always felt that people have amnesia. And there would be all these other older people that'd be like, we already solved these problems. And I'd be like, what do you know? That's COBOL and Fortran, you know. Um, but it's really, it's just a people thing. We have a tendency to forget. I know I forget. One of, this is a crazy thing. Like I was just on a panel, uh, PR Week, Ruderfin, I was on a panel and people, it kept coming up. People were like, you know, it's IT, IT. If we're doing internal comms, we got to get stuff past IT. And I was like, look, I was the person, I was the consultant that were helping companies write these docs to implement an intranet. <laughs> and it was oh, wow. the same. Yeah, it was the same stuff back then. And then it was the same with mobile. It was the same with cloud. And I'm like, go dust off that doc. And everybody laughed. And I'm like, you're totally right. There's an eight page doc on security principles for bring your own device with mobile. And I'm like, yeah, it's not, there's nothing new in these, in these tech waves is we're always going to have the same concerns and the same problems. What I look at it as is the inclusiveness of the tech. And so this is what I mean by that. I feel like today, all these other waves that have happened, while though they, they have been important, right? And when I say recent waves, I'm talking cloud, mobile, and social. Um, they target 18 to 34, right? They just do. And when I talk to companies, you know, so what are you targeting 18 to 34, right? Unless it's specifically targeted, um, you know, if it's, a, if it's a kid app or, or something like that. But otherwise, it's 18 to 34. And the only reason that is so is because tech Right? Tech is hard. Uh, you have to you have to understand it. You have to patch it. You have to learn it. You have to update it. And so, for me, I've always wanted what I'm. What we're seeing now in voice is that. I mean, if you think about this, right? It's the first time we've ever had this wave come, where you can buy a device once. I mean, there's there's people who bought an Echo in 2014, and it still works. You don't have to patch it. You don't have to get an OS every year. It doesn't right? stop working and tell you to buy a new phone. <laughs> right, right. And then here's the other interesting thing that I've always found, like, especially when I did enterprise work, a lot of it was like trade-offs between cost of retraining, right? It was like, if I roll out this new OS, yeah, it's going to be great, but it's going to cost me a hundred million dollars to roll it across a hundred thousand global employees, right? This is the first time that every brand, because you mentioned brands, so every brand experience is the current as of today. So if I go and talk to a brand today, it's what that brand wants to say. It's not what that brand said on the last version of iOS because I haven't updated. And I think that's super impactful because it has the discoverability of an app store, which I think is one of the true benefits of an app store, but it also has the maintainability of the web. So you are always getting that latest version that, you know, there are people and you'll, you'll find online people talking about their skills, how many users that they have, I mean, millions that are just having the same current conversation that they want to have every day. So that to me is really impactful. The other thing is inclusiveness across all age divides, right? And so like I have a parent who has never used a computer, as crazy as that sounds, but he tells me all about stuff he's doing with Alexa. And I continue to hear that. I, I get, you know, I get emails and I, people hit me up on social media and, you know, we have HIPAA compliant skills now too. So that's what's really gotten me excited there is in the inclusiveness of this tech wave. Now it's built upon all the other waves before. We certainly would not have what NLU, which is natural language understanding, which is the ability 
for Alexa and you know all the assistants work this way AI works this way of understanding context it's not translating you know speech to text it's actually understanding what's the context in which those words what is a person asking for right none of that would have happened without big data and machine learning and none of that would have happened without cloud storage right none of the cloud storage would have happened without the internet and so it's kind of like these waves it's really a pyramid of just building upon and building upon and building upon to get to where we want. It's not like people didn't have these ideas 30, 40 years ago too. And in fact, I've met, I mean, it's humbling meeting people who've been in the NLU and, the, and this space for 30 plus years. You know, there was these IVR systems that we've all used where you dial into a phone line. And uh, I mean, it's been around, but it's not had the ability to generally understand intention of just a normal human being. Uh, and that's really what the change has been. That's a really great point because when you mentioned IVR, I was like, everyone hates IVRs because I, I feel like IVRs have not gotten better, but Alexa understands my four-year-old niece. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes and I don't understand. <laughs> right. And, you know, as human beings, nothing's going to beat time. We don't like having our time wasted. And all of tech, so even, you know, going back to desktop apps and then web and mobile, if you think about it, I like to say it's all on rails. We've decided this is the way that a human being can interact with us. This is a drop down thing and you've got to go through it, right? And there's something really amazing as a human being when you can on your own terms ask for what you want to ask. And that's, you know, an IVR system was basically just using text to speech and it's still a rail system. But if you can come in and you're starting to see this, you're starting to see assistance even in mobile um, you're seeing some financial assistance that was just, uh, there was, there was a bunch of stuff on social media recently, bank, uh, bank of America and Erica, right. Just the ability to go in and ask for something. So think about that. Like you can do this too. You can do this on, um, Alexa, like, um, capital one skill. People are asking, how am I doing? Right. You can just ask for things and you don't have to know what a ledger is, what an account transfer is. Like every industry does this. It happened when I was in pharma too. Like you expect people to understand all of the acronyms. And in fact, they just want to know, did their lab results come back? Okay. Do I have anything to worry about? And that's really, um, that's the difference now. So that's exciting because I tell brands, hey, if you don't have brick and mortar, then you've probably never had the ability for your customer to ask you anything in the moment. You have a call center, you're going to hear angry customers, <laughs> right? And so you've probably never, ever had that ability unless... You were a big enough brand that you were at an event somewhere and somebody came up to you as a customer and just anecdotally told you what they love about your service, right? You just, you never really had that ability. And now you have that ability all day long. Tremendous value. No, I think that's a really great point. And I love what you're saying about just really how voice ranges and really works for all ages. Because when you were talking about your dad, I was, same thing. I was like, my parents use Alexa and so does my niece. That's like her first thing to do when she goes to my dad's house is tell Alexa to play music oh, and yeah. different things and turn the lights on. And it's just interesting because that is how she's growing up and that's her, her normal now. Oh yeah. I hear from parents all the time. They go in the car and the kids are hollering at the radio, Alexa. Yes. I've seen that. <laughs> and Or they go to a house where there's not one. And then. Yeah. They're the voice. They are truly the voice first generation. And that is, you know, it's in terms of, uh, Elon Musk talked about this and I really, um, I really like what he said. He said that, uh, it's about bandwidth, right? And so 
typing is very, very low bandwidth. And in fact, this is why I struggle as a, a writer because I talk so fast and my brain runs so fast. It's so low bandwidth. Um, I've actually tried, I tried a lot of different text to speech to like help get all my, my thoughts out, but, uh, you know, voice and speech are a lot higher bandwidth. Ultimately we want to be able to start reading. And even when you, when you read the stuff that's reading, it's not reading your thoughts. It's reading the part of the cortex where language actually forms. So it's no different than me saying the word. Cause you actually, in your brain, the word is there before you, you verbalize it. That's basically what it's reading. So that's, that's an even higher bandwidth type of ability, right? So I think it's only natural for human beings now that I can, I can speak first. I want to go ahead and do that. And I tease some brands sometimes where I, um, cause I do do this where any brand I use, I have said your name to Alexa. And it's interesting to see if any of them know what Alexa will say back. Oh, that is interesting. It's a good test. Because I think, I, and I have heard from people that are doing that because, you know, it's like, um, I remember in mobile, like I used to make decisions on the bank I was going to have if they had a mobile app so I could transfer money without having to go drive to the branch, right? Today, if, if you've got a skill where you can just get quick information, you can get flight status or you can get an order or you can, you can, you can actually order merchandise, you can do other things, right? If one brand has that and another brand doesn't, one way to kind of figure out if it has is just to ask Alexa. Uh, you know, and over time, what we've done is it's if you say a name, uh, like if you say, you know, Jeopardy, she's going to say, would you like to play Jeopardy, right? In order to help you. So it's not a straight up invocation. You can actually invoke it as you're talking to Alexa. So I think it's a neat exercise for brands to do just to see. Uh, and then, of course, you can go to Amazon.com slash skills and actually look and search. So thinking about just Alexa and how we've seen that take off, how do you think or why has that been so successful? Whereas I feel like Surrey on my iPhone is not as successful. There's not, I don't see as many people using that as I see Alexa being used. Yeah, well, I, obviously I can't speak to any other companies. I can speak to Amazon and our culture of and, and I'm not making this up. I get to, as somebody who has, has, has uh, been to the com uh, company a while, one of our, you know, you can, you can look up the leadership principles online. Um, there's a bunch of them. And uh, one of my favorites is, is bias for action. And another is diving deep. And all of that goes into customer obsession, right? So even the developers in Alexa, before we like do a developer API, they do the PR release of what that actually means. So everybody's starting with the customer and working backwards. So if you think about that, from the very beginning, it was a way of voice has always been a way of making it easier to do things, right? Just think about music and weather and smart home. Oh gosh, I remember 2014 being on panels at smart home conferences and people were like, we need one uniting interface. <laughs> and I was like, ah, uh, yes, it's called my voice, guys, you know? Um, and people started to figure this. So I think really what's made it successful based on what customers have, have told me um and you could see this in the reviews too is it's that it is that whole idea of ambient computing is that you just ask and then two she hears and understands i think that's important right we've all had uh, different bouts with text-to-speech over the years where it was never heard correctly and that was i mean even right from the get-go in 2014, that was one of the things I was hearing from customers was, I don't even remember what I said, but it worked. And over time, you know, the ability to just ask for music from specific years, I do that all the time. I'll be like, play the top hits from, you know, 2005 or something like that. And, and just looking at how customers are actually using that, 
uh, the feedback that we get just in order to make things easier and easier. And that's been the idea with the APIs of Alexa voice service and Alexa skills kit. I mean, we don't charge for that. It's a way for people to actually, I like to say that voice is the new HTML and I think it helps people instead of obsess over the tech itself to realize, oh, what did HTML do? It allowed all of these people to reach their customers across both mobile and web, right? But you didn't obsess about the actual tech itself. It just, it just kind of worked. And I think that's how voice will be. Voice will be that interface for everything. It'll be the, the first type of interface that we want to we want to use. And so for me, I, I mean, I still use mobile and web. So it's not replacing it. And the other thing too, to think about in this scenario, and I'm surprised how many people don't think about this. And when I tell them the light bulb goes off is I'm like, look, it's, it's multimodality. Human beings are multimodal. We use all sorts of different interfaces. We're just talking because it's fast, but that doesn't mean I can't order something from your mobile app and 15 minutes later ask Alexa, when is it going to arrive again? And that is incredible to, because you got to think of it in terms of utility. And I think of utility like one of the highest metrics for utility is time. And so if there's something that I've done with you as a, as a brand and I want to get to that information very, very quickly, the ability to do that with your voice is incredible. I, I'll give you another example, just like a personal example I use, well, two apps I use, MyFitnessPal, like I track all my calories and all my macros, and then I also have a Fitbit. And so both of those are skills. But what I've actually seen with those brands do is while I'm in the mobile app on my phone is it's actually told me what I can say to Alexa. <laughs> Just last night, it was like, um, what was the one? MyFitnessPal said, hey, you know, you can tell Alexa, add weight. And so you just say your weight. So like I can now, because I have an Alexa in the bathroom, the next time that I'm weighing in, I can literally just say, it. I don't even have to take out my phone. And so it's not, it's not changing the overall service, but what it's doing is it's increasing customer engagement, which is what you want as a brand, right? And so I can now choose on my own terms when to engage, how to engage across all of these different modalities. So it's, it's an additive and, you know, you, 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 I do hear from brands where you're seeing increased in engagement across there. And you'll, you'll see stuff on online, like uh, people who are doing everything from like, you know, delivering groceries and food and things like that. What, what type of engagement they've seen? Cause it's just easier. You've mentioned brands a couple of times. So I'd love to dive into that. How should brands think about their voice strategy? What I like to tell people is that, cause it's really interesting when you start to get into brands in this new space, then you have internal comms right? And you have PR and you have all these other stakeholders of, because companies um, and every company I've been at is no different. Like there are design guidelines around what this stuff actually looks like, but there's absolutely nothing on what it sounds like, which blows me away. And if you think about it, it that used to be the most important thing, like radio shows of old. Uh, what is what is it? How do you say the actual name? How do you enunciate? What does it sound like in other countries and other languages? All of that. And so what I tell people is that's the first decision you have to make. Is there a single voice? Because I think people make the mistake of, oh, we're going to do our own voice. We're going to do Alexa's voice. And it's like, no, how about a voice I care about as a customer? Because we give you the ability to use over like 50 different voices for free through this AWS technology called Poly across multiple languages. So what do you want your voice to sound like? Do you want it to be male, female, young, older? Can I choose? You know, that I think is incredibly engaging there. And then, you know, remember uh, jingles and things like that, just little tunes and uh, like 
the ability to use sound and all of that becomes incredibly important too. So start to think about that. Another interesting thing with that too is when are they engaging? Typically in Alexa and, and you know, the smart assistants in general, you'll see it on a, on a cycle where people are engaged in the morning, you know, you're getting coffee ready, you're asking for the weather and news. And then in, maybe in the afternoon, you're firing off a skill, getting some information. And then maybe in the evening, you're playing music or asking for some information, right? So there's these touch points. And then of course you have the automobile now, which we're seeing even more and more uh, Alexa in the automobile we had over a million pre-orders of the Echo Auto device. Uh, you can just plug into the car. Yeah, and so I think when we're, I really feel like that's going to be huge. Like for me, now that I have it in the car, when I'm driving a long ways, and I have a tendency to listen to a lot of nonfiction through like Audible and even my podcast, my brain gets to a point where it's like I'm done. And then sometimes I don't even want to listen to music, but I play games now, and it's really fun playing games in the car. Like I play a song quiz, which is like music trivia. <laughs> and, and it's just, it's just a different way of interacting, but it becomes incredibly powerful in the car. And then it's also communal. So I can have the whole family participate as well. And so, you know, depending on the touch point, you may want a different voice or a different interaction there. You can have a flash briefing that's specifically curated. Uh, you know, like if, if I want medical advice, what do I want that person to sound like. I want probably them to sound like my doctor, right? But uh, if I'm older, do I want it to be an older doctor or a young doctor, right? Think about that. This doesn't exist in mobile and web, but that's absolutely why people pick doctors. Like I've heard my parents that, oh, he's so young. I'm like, he's not young, mom. He's in his 50s, you know, but it's like, it's just the perception um, because that's how we connect with people, you know? And so giving people that option or even thinking about it, I think that's the first thing to, to think about. What does it sound like? What does your engagement sound like there, right? And then the second thing is be really uh, realistic about what you can do today in 2019. And um, what I find for, for a lot of people that's helpful is to have a plan for now, but a plan for five years out. And so the plan for now, depending on budget, a lot of times you'll see brands might have, uh, depending on if they're consumer or business. Well, I'll break that out into two. I'd say a lot of the consumer brands, if it's a media brand, you'll see things where I may have had budget allocated for a social campaign or some ad ad spend, right? And so I can move some of that budget over and actually do a scale where maybe if it's like a movie, I'm actually talking with the characters and those have been successful. You'll see uh, see lots of reviews for those type of skills on uh, on Amazon from customers, especially kids. Uh, kids' movies and things like that, being able to actually talk to the characters, uh, highly engaged, right? But then you you look at a plan overall going out, and what I like to tell people is that you can learn more now about your customer than waiting, right? Because we have things like we have IPAs where we have interactive path analysis. So you can say, hey, look, we started this skill, and you can ask these I don't know, 50 different things. And nobody's asking, <laughs> everybody's asking this, right? Like that's surprising to people. Like the Capital One example I had um, where people just saying, how am I doing? They really just wanted an overall, is there anything I need to worry about? So, you know, that's one of the things is start to, oh, wow, nobody's actually told me this before because they've never had the chance. They've either used my app or they've called me up and hollered about something that worked. Um, so that's important is, is customer discoverability, right? Of like, what are they actually asking? And you might, the interesting thing is you might find that different across age groups too. I've talked to brands where they're seeing, you know, it isn't just the 18 to 34 talking to them and they're not seeing that in other areas. And so do you have a plan for that? 
<laughs> there's some brands that have none, <laughs> right? Um, and so what does that mean? Is that new customer acquisition? No, actually that's been existing customer acquisition, but engagement's been super low because you haven't given them uh, any way to in engage. If you can't tell, Dave has an incredibly impressive resume and it's definitely the person you need to talk to when you're thinking about implementing a voice for your brand. And he honestly has so much more to say on the topic. And when you get someone from Amazon to be on your show, you tend to ask a lot of questions. That's why I'm breaking my conversation with Dave into two episodes. So let's dive into my top three takeaways from the first part of our conversation. And then I'll share what you can expect to hear from the rest of my interview with Dave in next week's episode. First, voice has the potential to really transform how brands engage with consumers. Think about it for a minute. The Alexa device you've purchased five years ago still works together and never needs to be updated or upgraded, unlike our phones. It is the discoverability of the app store, making it easy to find what you're looking for by simply using your voice, while also having the real-time maintainability of the web, ensuring that you always get access to the latest information. Not to mention that voice is something that anyone can access regardless of age or tech savviness. Everyone from your grandparents to my youngest niece knows how to use Alexa. What other technology that's come out in the last five years can you say that about? It's a truly inclusive tech, and in my opinion, that's the type of tech that transforms generations. And my children and their children are going to grow up in a world where talking to Alexa is just how they live. They're a voice-first generation. Next, do you know what Alexa is saying about your brand today? If not, you need to find out. That was one part of my conversation with Dave that really hit home for me as a marketer. In most other channels, you can control whether or not you have digital ads, you appear in search, but with voice, it's different. If you're not controlling what Alexa is saying about your brand intentionally, then you left that up to what she knows, which is not likely the ideal customer experience your brand wants. Finally, it's time for all of us to develop brand guidelines for our voice strategy. We need to go back to the days where, where we would obsess over the voice for a radio ad or a commercial and do the same thing with our voice strategy now. What should your voice sound like? Can customers customize it or do you want to eventually customize it based on who your customer actually is? There's so much potential here for brands that really need to think through it, especially given the role that voice is going to play in consumer engagement moving forward. It's something we need to start doing now. And make sure you check out next week's episode where Dave is sharing so much more about voice, including why you need to think about voice as a customer engagement channel and not an acquisition strategy, how enterprise organizations are using Alexa for business. And let me tell you, that one is really interesting. What he thinks about the future of voice is going to look like and so much more. If you enjoyed this episode, then you're going to love next week's. I'm Stephanie Cox, and you've been listening to Mobile Matters. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Until then, be sure to visit Lumivate.com and subscribe to get more access to thought leaders, best practices, and all things mobile.